Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, and can be found on page 1534 in your Pew Bible. Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding and a banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention, and they went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest, well, they seized his servants, mistreating them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army, and he destroyed those murderers, and he burnt their city. And he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with the guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him, and tie him hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In order to understand the parable in today's gospel, it is helpful to understand the context of the culture that was of the day, especially the context of royal wedding customs. After all, the wedding feast in the parable is the king's feast that's given in honor of the wedding of the prince. The king has all the resources that the kingdom, well, they're at his disposal. What does that mean? Well, that means that it had the best food, the best entertainment. The king might even have his best architects and builders 
build a whole new building just for that event. The feast lasted many days, and so the servants of the king prepared the best lodging for the wedding guest. In short, money was no object. One of the things a king would do for wedding guests is to provide a a fashion spa, if you will, for them when they arrived. The king, he understood that travel was hard. It was really hard work in those days compared to now. People would arrive exhausted and dirty. They, the difficulty of the travel might even make them a, a little bit grumpy. The king provided facilities for refreshment. Facilities for refreshment, really. Well, think manicures and pedicures and fashion designers and expert tailors, everything that the guests needed to look and to feel their very best when they entered the banquet hall. You see, the king wanted everyone and everything to be perfect in order to honor the wedding of his son, the prince. If we can imagine this lavish scene that is pictured here in the parable, it it makes it more understandable, doesn't it? The the other thing about the culture of that day has more to do with the simple fact that they did not have, the people of the time, they did not have the same, they didn't have the same attitude (laughs) about time that we do. We have iWatch and iPads and iPhones to tell us the exact time that it is. We have all kinds of instant communication. Now at that time of the parable, even writing was very expensive. So most communication was done orally or or face-to-face. And if you were important, like a king, you had servants to do the communicating. But Communication was still very personal. It was still oral communication. Now, this meant that there were always two invitations to a party. Now, the first invitation was to inform everyone that plans were underway. This is the invitation that had the RSVP, Respondez, s'il vous plaît, right? Those who could attend would reply that they were coming. Now, the second invitation informed the guests that everything was ready for them to come to the party. The people who received this second invitation had already promised. They already promised to come. It was an incredible insult to excuse yourself after you already promised to attend. It kind of is that way today. Turning down the second invitation of the king, well, that, that was treason. Mistreating the servants who brought the second invitation was tantamount to an act of war. Now, Jesus used these known customs to illustrate his teaching about 
who enters the kingdom of heaven and who does not. This parable demonstrates the overwhelming generosity of God the Father and his justice. It also demonstrates the cruel insanity of those who reject the gift of salvation. The king is, of course, God the Father. The wedding feast is eternal life. The servants are God's prophets, his apostles and pastors. Those who were invited and refused, well, they are the rank believers, unbelievers. They were invited and they did not believe. The travelers on the highways who were both bad and good are those who have no worth in themselves, but who are at the wedding solely by the grace and mercy of God. The guest who was not dressed properly is a hypocrite. His name is on the rolls of the church, but he rejects the gifts of God. So, what does this parable say to us today? Why is it important for us to hear this parable? It is, it's very easy for us to look through the pages of the Old Testament and see the many ways that people rejected the prophets. We hear how the people put the prophets in prison. They drove them out of their homes, and they put them to death. And we rightly condemn such activity. We hear that the original 12 apostles, of those 12, only John died of old age. All of the others died a martyr's death. And we wonder at such cruelty. And once again, we condemn it. It is very easy to point a finger of condemnation at people who lived long ago and far away. But what about you and me? What does Jesus say to us today? Jesus used the man who refused the wedding clothes to warn you and me today. We are gathered right now in the wedding hall of the king. How are you dressed? Imagine what this man had to do to get into the wedding without the right clothes on. He had to sneak in. When he arrived, the servants of the king came to him and offered to clean him up and heal his wounds. They offered him clothing that was just the right style for the feast. And they wanted to give him everything he needed to fully enjoy the wedding banquet of the king. The servants, they, they offered it all. And he refused. He insisted on doing things his way instead of the king's way. He insisted on wearing his clothes, his own clothes, dirty, 
filthy rags instead of the king's clothes. He entered the wedding hall, but rejected the gifts of the king. Now, pastors, pastors are servants of God. And when they open up God's word, they offer the best in heavenly style. It is called the righteousness of Christ. It's a very expensive style because Jesus had to buy this style with his holy, his precious blood and his innocent suffering and death on that cross, on a cross. The heavenly style is the righteousness that Jesus earned for you and for me. He earned it through his suffering and death on the cross. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is the only style that is elegant enough for eternal life. It is the only style that the true servants of God can offer you. Christ and him crucified. Now, as a servant of Christ, the pastor's job is to remove the filthy fashion of sin and clothe you in heavenly style. Do you remember? A few minutes ago, when I said in this, let us confess our sins to God our Father, and we all together said, most merciful God. We all said together, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. Together we said we have sinned against you and you alone in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, Dad, and by what we have left undone. We together said we have not loved you, Father. Abba, Daddy, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. We said we justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. And for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, we said, Daddy, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. And all together we said, Amen. Abba, Father, please make it so. Amen. And then you'll remember right after that that I said something like this upon this confession. I, by the virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce the grace of God unto you all, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By virtue of the office of the servant of God's word, by his authority, not mine, by his authority, I declared you cleansed 
forgiven in the name of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, do you remember hearing this? You sang it. I heard you. Then we rejoice together at this great gift from the King when we sang, This is the feast of victory for our King. Right? That's what that means. We're in the banquet hall. We've been given great gifts and clothed, forgiven, and we received it. Now, sadly, Jesus teaches that there are those who reject the style of heaven. Jesus says that there will always be some in the banquet hall who insist on wearing their own clothes. They insist on wearing their clothes of arrogance, of narcissism, of self-righteousness, adultery, hatred, and so forth. The old sinful nature insists that he is good enough, that he has no sin, that he does not need the heavenly style and of the righteousness of Christ. The old hypocrite, the one who sneaks in, insists that his style is just fine. And besides, the old sinful nature will say this, a loving God, little g, doesn't really send people to hell. Jesus tells it differently. The party crasher may have been able to fool the servants, but the servants are not the ultimate judge. We must all stand before Almighty God. And there is but one verdict for those who trust themselves and refuse the clothing of the righteousness of Christ. The king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those who reject Christ, those who reject Christ, reject salvation. Those who in any way depend on their own effort for even the smallest fraction of their salvation will meet the king, and he will order them out of the wedding hall. Now, it is a different story for those found on the road. Are you listening? It's a different story for those who were found in the road. The Holy Spirit works through his servants to bring them into the wedding hall and to wash away all of their sins. Though his servants, through his servants, he covers them with the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness, as I said earlier, that was earned on the cross. Now the day will come when they, like Christ, will rise from the dead and they will enter the wedding feast of the Lamb. There they will receive the fulfillment of today's Old Testament list. <laughs> Let's try it again, Ken. They will receive 
the fulfillment of today's Old Testament lesson. Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, of feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And then he says this, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all of the earth. For the Lord has spoken, and they will rejoice at the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb. In conclusion, this. It is finished, is what Christ said on the cross. It is finished when we heard, this is my son, or this is my daughter, you know that God said that over you in your baptism. He claimed you right at that moment, sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked by the cross. And in that time, in your baptism, He clothes you in Christ. And I got to say this. I got to say this about all of you as I look out. You look marvelous. You look marvelous, my brothers and sisters, clothed in Christ, clothed in His righteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen.